0: You have until the count of five
1: i happen to love the number five it's a beautiful number a glorious number you got to the count of five
0: welcome to the got till five wrestling podcast a week late sorry about that um we didn't do a show last week because max um Broke his collarbone doing some wrestling training because he is the Mr. Bean of wrestling. Um, So we're doing a show this week instead to make up for it. Thanks for bearing with us. But Max, because he's a part-timer, still hasn't been able to make the show. He's actually under um, anesthetic right now, having his collarbone cut into. I'm Jesse Benz, in case you haven't worked that out. And we've got a very special guest host this week from Da Podcast. It's none other than Steve. How are you doing, mate?
1: I am very good. Thank you for having me here. And I guess, okay, where are we? Are we at your place or are we at my place? Because Max is the technical guy and I'm going to be helping you guys out this week. So where are we actually?
0: Well, this is it. You're not, I mean, you are um, guest hosted this week, but you're more than that. You're basically guest maxing because I am a Victorian loser and don't know how to do any recording or nothing so you're recording it for us you're editing it for us and i couldn't thank you enough so i think based on that we have to say we're at yours
1: okay perfect thank you it's good to be here so you're on my show slash your show on spotify intriguing
0: right yeah yeah yeah. oh i see why you're doing this now i thought you were doing this to help us you just want to sneak onto spotify don't you
1: (laughs) that's exactly it my friend you got it (laughs)
0: So, um, as I said, um, Mr. Uh, Bean Max has broken his collarbone. I yep. believe he was um, receiving a Hurricane Rana, or no, I think he was performing a Hurricane Rana and was dropped mid move, so I guess it was only a huron, and <coughs> um, landed right on his collarbone and broke it. And That's he's crazy. having surgery today. Get well soon, Max. We wish you the best. But as you can see already, we don't need
1: you. Exactly. So don't go well soon. Take your time. Take, your time. Take a year. Take a couple of years off. Don't worry exactly. about it. Exactly.
0: Hey. He thinks that um, he thinks that he's been put under to have surgery today. He hasn't. I've actually organised him to be in a snuff film.
1: Oh, oh! I yeah, don't, I don't know gonna, how to take he's that. Actually, wake up
0: with um, bigger holes that he went to sleep with.
1: Speaking of holes.
0: <laughs> Good, I <always> like segues.
1: <laughs> so max was on my show last week because you couldn't be on so he filled in because my so-called guest fucking flaked on me last second so he was politely enough to come in and fill his shoes which was fantastic because i think it was a better episode anyways but we were talking about um water sports and how you're very familiar with uh the water sport genre if you know what i mean right i was
0: livid when i heard that you talked about this and i wasn't there <laughs> We need to. Um, we need to. Uh, we need to come back on your show with me. And okay. We can discuss this
1: properly. Perfect. Sounds good. You, you know what? We'll do a little intro at the beginning of the Survivor Series uh, recap, and we could talk a little bit about water sports. How does that sound?
0: That sounds fantastic. Perfect. And it makes me want to be your friend even more. <laughs> um, great. So um, everyone knows you, Steve. You're from Da Podcast. Right. Um, uh, but for anyone who's not familiar. Um,
1: Tell us about your show. What is that podcast? Well, the podcast is me talking into a microphone, obviously. And uh, I have guests on. Sometimes I have co-hosts, which is usually either my friends or old guests that I've been acquainted with. And now they're coming on as co-hosts as well. But I have everything from people in the sports industry to uh, movies to music and even wrestling. Just just past couple of weeks ago, I had Brian Pillman Jr. on the show. So if you guys want to check that out, you could go back and check out that episode. And, yeah, it's just a comedic show. It's very laid back. I just ask a few questions. We talk about holes and uh, water sports and whatnot. So, you know. Right. So, well, Brian Pillman Jr. is a higher caliber
0: guest than pretty much anyone we've had. So, already I'm angry. Um, (laughs) But, um, uh, so, yes, you're Steve.
1: Now that you're a co-host, you've bumped up in our ranking. So, let's get to know you a bit better. Um, Sure. What is your favorite wrestler? My favorite wrestler, what, current or of all time? Of all time. It still has to be Shawn Michaels, I'm sorry.
0: Sh- Shawn Michaels, yes. great choice. What is your favorite band slash artist of all time?
1: The Notorious B.I.G. Excellent. Um, what else can we learn about you? Um, do you have anything you would like to confess for the first time on this show? <laughs> confess? Not really, because you know what? See, that's the other brilliant thing about the podcast. I'm an open book. And I tell all stories about how I was embarrassed, how my parents tried to kill me, disown me, how other shit has happened to me throughout life, and I have really nothing to hide. So I don't know what would be the most embarrassing thing, actually. honest man and uh, i try to got, be uh, yours has gone much darker than mine already i was just thinking about this earlier
0: today you know when things come back to you when you're a kid or like from when you were a kid okay right and you suddenly think of it and you think oh man i was horrible then right there right. was um, so i went to school with a kid called connor okay and Co- connor was a victim connor was bullied <laughs> about everything all oh, the shit. time okay And um, so what it was right uh, i hope i'm not like slandering him here but <laughs> his mum was scottish and his dad was irish okay which left him with the most fucked up accent you've ever heard in your life oh wow and um, the guy liked to eat he was a big dude right. uh, and he was just bullied a lot but he was a massive wrestling fan okay so um in private when I could speak to him and no one else was around we would talk about wrestling and have a really lovely time Right, and then as soon as anyone else was around I wanted to look powerful in front of you know so I didn't want to be a victim as well so Mm -hmm. I bullied him just as mercilessly as everyone else but he would always then chat to me and be really lovely to me when we were in private again. So I feel really bad about that. And I had not thought about it in years until today. I don't know why right. it popped in my
1: head. Yeah, but you know what? I honestly think anything you do before the age of 18 isn't really your fault because you succumb to peer pressure. It's all about being cool in front of your friends and shit. And you do stupid shit. It's, if you're still doing it after, like for example, in my, in my inner circle, I guess my brothers, they're a lot older than me. So they're in like their 50s now. I can't even believe these motherfuckers still drink like they're 20 they still go clubbing they act like they're fucking teenagers and it's like what the fuck right. are you doing and it's like uh, well I guess to each his own right but you know what I mean but once you like stuff like that who cares we all did shit like that like I could only imagine now I'm trying I, I want to see, see if I could think of something from back in the day I don't so know what really. do you
0: think? this is why this is why you're replacing
1: max because max would have made me feel bad about that i got one i was going to apologize to connor on this show but you've no, in one sentence
0: you've just don't. convinced me to say no fuck him no don't go uh, too bad for
1: connor like fuck who cares <laughs> shit happens you know what i mean <laughs> fuck
0: you connor be
1: stronger <laughs> exactly grow a fucking backbone what's wrong with you man
0: exactly yeah uh, yeah the world takes
1: the weak doesn't it Okay, well, I got one here. This is an exclusive. I haven't even told the story on my podcast yet. I just remembered oh this God, for some odd reason. Okay, so um, my background is Portuguese. So m- my parents are from uh, originally from Portugal, right? And then they came to Canada and I was okay. born here. So when I was younger, from probably the ages of maybe around 9 to about 15-ish, I used to go to Portugal every year, every summer. So there was one year, I don't remember. I was probably around 12 or 13 at this point. And, uh, one of my cousins lived in an apartment complex with all kinds of other people, obviously must've been like 200 residents or something. That's how huge it was. But there was this one fucking, they lived in one wing and there was this one old man like always, like you've seen the cartoons that's fucking always get off my lawn. But he was in in his apartment and he was like literally yelling out the window when we would play like stupid shit. Did he have a shotgun? No, I don't think so. He had a cane though. That much I remember. Oh, nice so an <laughs> well he's probably dead by now so there you go it all ties together <laughs> so um all us guys we were just fed up and it's like fuck this so one of us i i can't take credit for this i didn't come up with this idea said why don't we all take turns and piss in like a salad bowl speaking of water sports <laughs> and then splash it all over his fucking door and underneath his fucking door so it seeps into his apartment nice and we all took turns, and we made a piss salad, and we threw it at his door. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so well, there you go. As, as you say, he's probably
0: not with us anymore, and what a no. big tribute to that
1: man. Yeah, exactly. So we can't really tell him to fuck off, so you know what? R- rest in peace, buddy. I hope you're not smelling like piss yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of, um, have you ever seen Billy Madison, the Adam Sandler film? Of course, yes. Do you remember when they leave flaming shit out the front, and the old man stops it out? Oh my god! Yes, of course. I, I pi- I'm picturing that old man. <laughs> you know what? There's some sort of a resemblance, just a bit more chunkier. <laughs> right. Okay. Nice.
0: <laughs> it poop again. Um, cool. Um, so, uh, what else was I going to say? Um, I think that's it. So this week we're doing top five
1: oh, submission yes. holds. Maybe you should tell them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah,
0: okay. Top five submission holds. Now we which, really uh,
1: didn't discuss. Sorry. No, no, I should apologize. This is your show. But we really didn't discuss how we're going to come up with these top five. If it was most more, most realistic, most ones that we like, most ones we could whatever. You you know what I mean? There was really no parameters around this. So my premise before we even start is what I liked as a... Not as a kid, what I guess gravitated me towards that finishing move. Like sort of like, I guess, who was attached to it when it was what was going on in my life, what time period, like, you know what I mean, if that makes sense. Okay. So it's not really like realistic. That. It's not like the most, oh, because again, I'm a huge UFC fan and MMA fan altogether. And, you know, to me, submission moves, none of them look real to me, right? So it's not based on realism to me.
0: Yes. I mean, I'm guessing right now that John Cena's STFU will not be in your list.
1: You are correct, my friend. <laughs>
0: It's not the most aggressive looking STF I've ever seen in my life.
1: No, it should go back to the STFU instead of just a STF fuck.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, So, yeah, we're doing top five submissions. Um, I like that. I'm going to talk about some submissions I like. I'm not a particularly UFC aficionado like you. But these are ones that I sort of, um, either they've been done in a certain way, in a certain match I love, or... I just, or i just think they look cool i just mark out for them every time i see them uh, but just quickly yeah. before we go into the top five um we you, you we were chatted on whatsapp um earlier yes. when i was saying what time i was going to be here and okay. you said you were chilling outside with some legalized weed exactly. so for new new listeners
1: you are a canadian man yes and, i am
0: um weed is legal there
1: so how's that going for the country well so far i haven't seen really no difference other than people smoking weed in public <laughs> everyone's just a bit more chill I well, you know what? Again, uh, I had this conversation with Max too on my show. But if I'm repeating myself and you listen to both, I apologize. But it's just that I don't know. Canada was never that; it was more lenient towards we like people. Re- the cops really batted an eye, unless again you were walking around with pounds of it. But if you were just like yeah. smoking a joint or if you had a couple of joints on you or something or whatever, they would just literally take it away and say, "Okay, don't do it." That type of deal, right? So now I guess it's more that you don't get harassed by the police. But now it's even more they're cracking down a lot on smoking and driving. So now that's a lot of people got to be careful about. Right. And I, I totally believe in that because now you can have all these people who've never smoked before and go out and think they could drive because they saw their friend who's been an avid smoker all their lives and they're used to it, so obviously they could probably drive a little bit better, even though I still don't condone it, but still, there is a difference. Yeah, totally. No, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like um, I saw an interview with, do you know Damien
0: Marley, one of Bob Marley's sons? Of um, course. He um, did an interview with it and sort of all the scare media you see about weed and stuff is people going from nothing to trying like some of the strongest <laughs> weed out there. Do you know right. what I mean? It's it, like thank you. being teetotal your whole life and then necking a bottle of vodka.
1: Exactly. You got it. That it's makes complete student. sense. But yeah, no, I guess it's just better where you don't get harassed, and that's it. Fuck. I guess there is no other way of looking at it other than that, and now the government gets a cut of it, so I guess maybe crime rate will go down a little bit, but again, it's still too early to know anything, right?
0: Yeah, totally. Well, I'm glad that you're enjoying it, at least.
1: Oh, of course. Of course. (laughs) I have to. Come on, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cool. So
1: shall we get into it? All right. I guess this is when you say it, so go ahead, my friend. Okay wicked And this is So this
0: will be um, Well I suppose you By this point You would have already Done the intro Wouldn't you But this is technically Your first bit of editing Your editing debut On the Got Till 5 Wrestling Podcast Because I'm about to Throw it to the Got Till 5 drop And you're gonna play it And here it is 5 4 3 2 1
1: 0 Are you ready? Oh hell yeah You fans can stick it
0: Brother And there it was. Good job, Steve. That was the music, and it was done better than... I know it's just a recording, but for some reason, it sounded more in tune with you putting it in there than when Max puts it in there.
1: It must be the Canadian flavour.
0: It must be that. That's exactly what it is. Um, So... Uh, yeah top five submissions um who goes first guests first i think uh, even though you are more than a guest today you are a co-host and we've already established we are in your house but you can still go first boyfriend
1: okay well number five is actually now that i'm reading it i'm so stupid i just finished saying it's there's no submission move in the wwe or in all of wrestling that i think could be as legit as a ufc f- uh s- submission move but Yeah, This one comes as close as I could think of it, if it's applied correctly. And that is Hell's Gate from The Undertaker.
0: Nice. So, this was interesting because the reason Undertaker uses it is because he loves UFC. Exactly. And the fact that Undertaker has always, or certainly in his American badass days, pretended to be an MMA fighter (laughs) really got on my nerves.
1: I don't know about you. Yeah, you know what? It it did, but... Again, it was progression in his character, so that's why I really didn't mind it, and it didn't last too long. Now, if if he was still the American badass, I'd say, hold up, what's going on here? Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it's the closest thing to a, a UFC. Uh, uh, I don't know. UFCs don't have UFC fighters don't have finishing. Moves. It's the closest thing to a UFC submission move that you could think of. Like I said, you literally you put his chin across his own shin and you push down until the guy passes out, right?
0: Yes. So to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah.
1: Even though you don't see those type of moves in the USc because that's like a crazy type of move and they're so high level now where you'll never see that type of finishing move. But it's still nice to see that it's implemented and that the Undertaker actually pulls it off pretty nicely too. And it's convincing.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I remember the first time when, when he first started using it. I guess it would have been... Um when would he have started using it it was post it was he'd already come back as um, the dead man
1: hadn't he after wrestlemania
0: 20 before we
1: started using it you know what i actually think happened i think he substituted that move with the last ride like he because he stopped doing the last ride and he's probably thinking now i need another finishing move instead of the tombstone what can i think of let's go to the submission route
0: is it controversial to say the undertaker has too many finishes
1: well, what do you consider finishing? Do you consider, like, going old school finishing? Do you consider Chokeslam a finisher? Well, this is it. I suppose, I
0: suppose Chokeslam sort of dropped down. Like, when Undertaker hits a Chokeslam, you know it's never going to finish a match, don't you? Right. So, yeah, it's, yeah. I see what you mean. It's uh, But even now, last rides, like, never seem to finish matches anymore. It's always the tombstone.
1: That's true. You know when he hits the tombstone, and especially if he hits two or three of them, it's over.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Hell's Gate, I love it. Um, I remember seeing it um, Take use it for the first time, thought it looked really legit. Um, I had a friend who's mad into MMA um, show me exactly how it works oh, by, wow. by p- putting me in it, and okay. it sucks.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it really sucks. Um, can you remember any particular matches
1: where Undertaker used this to really good effect? Okay, you're going to have to help me with my memory, because my sort of short-term memory sucks, and like this is a kind of sort of newer move that he has, but
0: i'm jesse
1: by the way <laughs> shit this whole time i thought i was talking to another, again drugged up max fuck <laughs> it's okay i'm editing this week so i could take that part out so <laughs> um which one was the one I, I think if memory serves me correct it's either triple h or even Shawn michaels it had to be one of those two where they started spitting up blood and he just didn't want to tap out do you remember that match oh um or what did I, even cm punk he, i think it was triple h you know? was it triple um, h okay now that i think of it because um sean
0: michaels they sort of and um, in the later days they had 25 and 26 and that was it really wasn't it wrestlemania i mean 25 right. and 26 and then um, and then triple h had the um 27 28 sort of epic matches with taker with sean as the guest referee in the hell in the cell or one of them was not it was it in that right.
1: one you know what it might have been you know yeah what? i
0: think it could have been
1: well, that's why we have the Google machine, to check it out. There you go. Well, actually, you- the first time... Wow, well, this is pretty fucked up. The first time someone bled from the Hell's Gate... You want to guess who it was, actually? Do you, you want to play this game? He's no, uh, how about this? He's not even around anymore. Like, literally, he's dead.
0: Oh, right, okay. Um, I reckon it was...
1: Uh, um, Garrison Cade. Oh, wow, that's really a pick out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be someone like unpredictable. Well, I, I wish I could say close, but not even close. Literally not even close. It was Big Daddy V. No way. Yep, that was the first person to spit up blood. But the one I'm thinking about, it, it is the, the under um, Triple H. But no, Shawn Michaels was not the referee because looking at this picture, there's someone else and that guy does not look like Shawn
0: Michaels. Fair enough. Well, Shawn Michaels doesn't look like Shawn Michaels anymore well yeah well,
1: true like i had this discussion with max again like i don't know what the fuck he was wearing on his head half bandana half beanie half i don't know what the hell he was covering (laughs) i don't know whatever just be bald embrace it
0: he still wears women's tank tops as well
1: well he is the sexy boy right so he is the sexy boy this is true we cannot dispute the sexy boy um cool hell's gate good start well done um so what's your number number five? five Yep. I think is a
0: underrated. It was he didn't use it for very long, okay. and it's a shame because I feel like it's been lost in time. Do you remember when Brock Lesnar used the Brock Lock?
1: Yes, I do actually.
0: Yeah, so this was late two thousand and three, early two thousand and four, um, just before he left after WrestleMania twenty, and this is that's the only period that he ever used it, and it's such a cool submission. So he used to. It's kind of a stretch muffler. It's like a modified yes, stretch muffler. Exactly. He used to um, grab their leg, put it over his own neck, like over his head, yep. pick them up so they're upside down, and then sit on their back. <laughs>
1: That's and crazy.
0: In particular, uh, when he did it to Rey Mysterio, who you could obviously, I feel like even I could chuck him around like a rag doll. Right. Um, it just looked incredible. I, I think it was the first time he ever did it against Rey Mysterio on a SmackDown. And
1: yeah, I remember that one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it just looked incredible. And he also used it on... Um, so Chris Benoit got a title opportunity on SmackDown. Right. And um, made Brock tap out in that match, but the referee was knocked out. And then when the referee came to, Brock Lesnar got Benoit into the Brock and uh, Les, uh, Benoit never tapped out, Benoit passed out. Right. But... Um, but yeah, I just remember thinking it was such a—you know—as a I would have been what thirteen, fourteen at this point, just thinking it was such a devastating submission hold. I thought it looked amazing.
1: Oh wow, I feel so old. Thanks for reminding me, my friend. <laughs> oh my god, I'm thinking what I was watching at thirteen, fourteen compared to what you were watching at thirteen, fourteen. It's like wow, what a time difference. Jeez. Who was
0: so? What, who was in the main event when you were thirteen, fourteen?
1: Oh so that was ninety three, ninety four oh you are old
0: you're older than i thought you were
1: thanks my friend <laughs> so no it's okay you're doing well on it you sound youthful <laughs> well see that's why i try to be so i don't even remember who what what that was right before the attitude era i think that was actually diesel Shawn so you, michael era like razor yeah, right, Ramon. yeah you're looking at diesel Shawn, michael, and yeah sort of brett is
0: sort of around there. how about
1: this when uh raw first started that's when i was 13 14 how about that
0: yeah, okay, nice That's cool See, I'm jealous of your memories I wish I'd lived through that properly Because I obviously Wasn't watching wrestling at that time You know
1: what? Yes, I'm actually glad Because I think the core chunk Of my wrestling watch Even though I still watch it to this day But not now It's all in fast forward But before Like I got to see The golden era Or the golden age As they call it Like the 80s With the Hogan And the uh, Ultimate Warriors honky Talkmans, mans Which progressioned into the, I guess the What did they call Where everyone had a job era <laughs> Yeah, repo man and that. To see it go into the Attitude Era, to see it go to, I guess, the John Cena era, and then now to what it is today, it's just mind boggling. But yeah, like, again, I am sound like an old man, but yeah, the Attitude Era was the best era, I'm sorry to say.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I think I agree with you, although um, I am sort of quite a big WCW fan as well. So the Attitude oh, Era, like, when WCW was around, I particularly enjoyed. Uh but you talk about the era when everyone had jobs. That sort of shows how timeless the Undertaker is as well because That's undertaking right. is a job.
1: Yes. And he was part of it. Exactly. That's when he debuted. You got yeah, it. Yeah,
0: so yeah, so he had a job and he's still got that job now.
1: Wow, you see that? Good for him. He must have a yeah, good you must have a good retirement package then.
0: Oh, Jesus. Well, well, actually, you must think it must be shit, actually, if you still have to work um, Saudi Arabia at his age.
1: Oh, that's right. But do you really think he was forced or that he wanted to? Another check off his list, you know what I mean?
0: uh, Whichever one it is, they both make me sad.
1: You know what, that's true. Because why do you want to support (laughs) Saudi Arabia? That's true. I see where you're coming from.
0: Yeah, but it is what it is. Um, so, um, number four. Number four. You go for us? All right, this
1: one is more of, like I said, a sentimental one because when I was, uh, again, this was around when I was 13, 14, this, actually, he used to be a WWF champion and then came back wow. and won the WWF championship. So, I was running around slapping this on everyone as a kid and this would be the Infamous or famous, whichever one you want to look at it, Cross-Faced Chicken Wing by Bob Backlund.
0: that oh, amazing. Great choice.
1: And now, I love it even more because of Marty Scroll, but when he only does it when he puts them up in a suplex and then sits down and slaps it on that way. That's, I love that transition. I don't know, it gives me goosebumps when I see it. It's so smooth and everything, but the original yeah. is Bob Backlund, especially when he was trying to be president and then he snapped. Then he was crazy slapping it on everyone, even fans and everything, and referees and announcers. And the, uh, i love i love psycho bob backland he was crazy
0: bob backland is i think so underrated right especially to, today like he's not respected as the legend he is do you know what i mean
1: i i, ex- I so hear you even when he tried to make that little comeback with uh darren young i love that mm. role he was playing like as the as mickey like he literally looks like mickey from rocky too so <laughs> why not <laughs>
0: make Darren Young great
1: again exactly that was awesome well Darren Young is Darren Young there's nothing wrong against his wrestling it's just I don't think he has that much charisma honestly that's my opinion but other than that I found it it very funny that Darren Young used to call himself Mr. No Days Off right and and then he got fired (laughs) Mr. Every Days Off after that exactly exactly so yeah that's my number four and like I said it was more nostalgic because like I said you're just running around you just literally People would see me coming like, no, and, then you, and you just yell, <laughs> chicken wing, chicken wing, and you slap it on, and you're yelling in their ear, tap, tap, and it was, ah, oh, memories. I like that. So it sort of,
0: so it became your finisher in real life as well. Everyone just knew that it was coming from you. <laughs>
1: exactly. Don't turn your back <laughs> to Steve. He's going like, oh, slap it on. a guy's crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, talking about how
0: underrated um, Bob Backlund did, like, I love Roddy Piper to right. pieces, but... Like, Roddy Piper's remembered for his sort of
1: how crazy he was and stuff like that. And Bob Backlund had all of that as well. And more, I think. Like, that feud he had just with Bret Hart and and the whole family thing, that was crazy. Like, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Do you remember watching um, Diesel absolutely squash him to win the WWF title? Did it make you angry? Uh, You know what? I really didn't care because I was more a Diesel fan than I was a Bob Backlund fan. Oh, were you? Yeah, I was huge into that whole click thing. So like, even without even knowing, because back then there was no no cheat sheets or whatever they call, and other than trading tapes, no one really knew anything about news, right? So everything was really kayfabe. So I didn't even know the click was the click, and I all liked all three of them before I even knew they were the click. So that's uh, mind-boggling, I guess, if you think about it. I've got a friend
0: who um, lives in New York, and he... um had tickets to the Madison Square Garden show where the curtain call happened. Right. And at the last minute decided he couldn't be bothered to go and gave the tickets to someone else. Oh. And I know. And he has regretted that. Dis- like It's consumed his life that <laughs> he God. missed the curtain call at Madison Square Garden.
1: Poor guy.
0: Yeah. It's, he's, not, he's not a happy man. And it's all down to that
1: you know what, well, you know what, there you go. Serves them right. Why, what? Because just because it's a house show, you don't think nothing's going to happen? Some of the best events are the house shows because you actually see the real, like, wrestlers without them having to be their persona that they are on TV. And I think that's that's why I love independent wrestling, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I completely
0: agree. Me and Max went to a WWE house show three years ago, I want to say, about three years ago, um, when Finn Balor was still in NXT. but, But he was on this tour. Right. And um, it was Finn Balor versus Sheamus, right? And it was amazing. It, like, and if someone had told me Finn Balor is going to wrestle Seamus and it's going to be amazing, I wouldn't believe him. I know, right? But it was a really stiff, really good match that, and a really decent length that they just wouldn't have been able to do on telly. It was
1: fantastic. No, it is. Like, I wish I could go to more. They don't really do that many house shows in Toronto. Usually it's always televised and I'm not going to pay that much to go watch a televised show right. every time. No, thank you. There was one time, again, going back to thirteen fourteen, 14, I remember going to, this is the only house show I went to. And all I remember being on the card was Goldust against Mr. Perfect. And the Honky Tonk Man was there. It was actually, you know what? If I still remember it, I think it was still half decent. Because I've been to a Nitro. I've been to a Raw. I've been to an NXT. And I've been to a WWE pay-per-view. I don't remember which. Oh, I've been to WrestleMania. And honestly, out of all of those, other than WrestleMania 18, just because of The Rock and uh, Hogan, that was just crazy. But that house show was probably one of the best events I've been to. And it was like over 20 years ago.
0: Awesome, yeah. No, yeah. Support. Uh, I mean, don't support WWE house shows, people, necessarily. But if you're going to go to shows, go to house shows and support independent wrestling because it's just better. Just <laughs> so yes. much cooler stuff happens. Uh, cool. Uh, that was a very good choice. And we're two in each, and still haven't had a crossover, which is exciting. Fantastic. Um, so my number four. Let's do it. Is. Um, the gory special invented by the Guerreros.
1: Nice. I was thinking about this one just because of the uniqueness.
0: Yes, exactly. It's just, so it was invented by, um, oh, this is why I should really make notes, but, um, <laughs> a granddad Guerrero, um, sure. who I know was, um, certainly the biggest heel in Mexico at the time, like hated, you know, like people would stab him on the street and stuff. Yeah. Like, he was that hated. Of course. And uh, his ties would get slashed every show, like just, Proper heel, and then obviously, like I first saw the gory special with people like Eddie and Chavo using it. Right. Um, Eddie used to do the reverse gory special.
1: Do you ever see him do that when he would pick them up upside down? No, actually, I don't remember that. Yeah, he did
0: it on. Um, he did it in WCW a couple of times. Oh, it wow. was awesome.
1: That's crazy. And,
0: uh, yeah, really cool. And um, Chavo um, still uses it yes, when he, he does. has his occasional independent match, yep. and um, always used it for a long time. But just, I just love that such a, a sort of a move that involves so much lifting and I strength <laughs> has been invented by and put over by an undersized wrestling family. Do you know what I mean?
1: No, exactly. Like they're luchadors. They're known for. They're supposed to be known for high flying, not for their submission, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. But this um, this submission move is awesome. And I don't know why. Do you remember Eddie Guerrero used to do the lasso from El Paso?
1: Which one is that?
0: So that was sort of like a, it's like a Texas cloverleaf, okay. except, except instead of um, standing over their body, you're standing next to their body and sort of got your knee in their back, if you see what I mean, whilst you're lifting up and crossing their legs.
1: Oh, shit. So it's a combination of Texas cloverleaf and, I guess, a lion tamer.
0: Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, that's wow. a, that's exactly what it is. Um, I totally so forgot I, I about that. I invented that. Shit. And that was cool.
1: But yeah, that why, would have been on my list. Why Fuck. invent
0: your own? Why invent your own finisher when um, when your family have the gory special in their arsenal?
1: That's true, and it, like you said, it's so. You, like, who else uses that? To think about it. I think I've seen it once or twice by people, but mostly I think I've seen it on Lucha Underground. Maybe even by Chavo himself.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. But I'm sure no, I've seen I, it somewhere else, but not too often.
0: Yeah. No. And it, I know it's sort of a it's bad to steal moves at that, but. As an homage Like everyone does The fucking frog splash For Eddie Do you know what I
1: mean Like exactly. why not bust out The gory special Every now and again I know that's true And everyone does The sharpshooter For Bret Hart and Owen So it's so true Why not Yeah exactly
0: So bring back The gory special I say Any of you wrestlers Listening
1: I think so too You know what it is Though it's like you said It's probably the heavy lifting
0: Yeah maybe Yeah everyone's um, Yeah
1: You know what yeah. That should be uh, Braun Strowman's New finishing move Make him start doing that <gasps>
0: That's, see, that's it though. Cause it's Get a big cause man of the to do it. Of the move. You, we've never seen a proper big
1: dude do it. Right? There you go. It'll be
0: awesome.
1: I think so. There you go. If, if anyone. If any, Braun, Braun's listening. I know he is.
0: And he needs to do the Gory special.
1: You know what? It's true. Or if a WWE writer or anyone is affiliated with WWE is listening, pitch it to someone. Sold.
0: Yes. Sort it out, you <laughs> bitches. So. <clears throat> number
1: three, Steve. Number three is probably on your list. This is where I think we're going to have a crossover. And if you didn't put this on your list, then I don't know. You're probably dead inside or you don't like submission moves. But (laughs) I'm not going to pick the person who you think I'm going to pick that's associated with this. So with that being said, my number three is the figure four leg lock. Ah, I thought you were going in a completely different
0: direction then. So uh, figure four leg lock. Um, obviously, I associate it with Ric Flair more than anyone else.
1: Not me. I associate it with Greg the Hammer Valentine.
0: Ah, interesting. Especially this is your age coming into play. See. I,
1: see, again, going back, this was even <laughs> younger. I was probably like 10 at this time when he was by himself, intercontinental no champ, lost the strap, needed a gimmick, so he started walking around with that shin pad and then reversing it to add that extra oomph to the figure four. Yes, Also, that's cool actually, that's really cool And that's good storytelling That is good storytelling And that's when you know shit's got serious See, and there's another underrated Well, see, speaking of strong style Before strong style was strong style in the States There's a man right there that was as tough as nails Just, to me he was like the blob Like, you hit him, he doesn't move He's just there Like, he just takes everything and no emotion And just go in Just non, no nonsense 80s wrestler Gets the job done and leaves
0: I've always found... um, Oh, by the way, this was my number three as well, so we're perfectly in sync. This is our... You're right, this is our first crossover. It was my number three. There you go. So uh, this is going incredibly well. Um, But as far as Greg the Hammer Valentine goes, um, I have always been slightly creeped out by his hair.
1: (laughs) You know what? I thought you were going to say about his head because he's got a bit of an oversized (laughs) head as well. And he looks like a tomato. That's the other thing.
0: No, he does. Yeah, his face (laughs) is unfortunate. But... Um I, I will admit that the first time I'd properly seen Greg the Hammer Valentine right. was when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, which was okay. um, WrestleMania 20, 2004. Right. And so seeing this old fat man with the face of a tomato, as you say, um, shuffle onto stage, but with the most beautiful conditioned long hair.
1: It disturbed me. That hair does not suit that man. No, it really doesn't. And it, is it real? That's the other question. Uh, this is the question.
0: I mean, if it is, if it isn't real, it's from a horse.
1: See, but you have to understand, though, he also comes from the era of Hulk Hogan when they used to iron their hair. So maybe that's why it looks so weird because he so probably irons his hair to make it look like it's his and it's maybe not his and that's why... Ah, uh, who knows? Fuck.
0: Yeah, possibly. And there's definitely... So did you know horse conditioner is a thing? For, like humans buy and use horse conditioner
1: for what what does that do to human hair
0: for their own hair well it does greg valentine it does like greg valentine style like more like triple h around that time triple h around when he had his long hair and it was really puffy do you know what i mean
1: right maybe that's that's that's
0: horse conditioner it just makes it all shiny and big
1: that's crazy no i'm good i don't want nothing to do with any horses thanks
0: no, no, not me. I've seen them how they're hung.
1: Um, so, um, so good. We're both on the figure four. Okay. Mine, so uh, yours mine was. was in, your, sorry, God. Your figure four, as I was saying, was Ric Flair's figure four. That obviously that you are associated with. Yes. Okay.
0: Uh, and yes, and uh, the, the reason I like Ric Flair's is because I mean it, <laughs> it's his finishing move, but I've right. barely ever seen him win a match with it, which I think is quite funny.
1: You know that is true. And...
0: Yeah, he, no one ever taps out to Ric Flair's figure four, do they?
1: No, you're right. Fuck. Thinking about it, yeah, really? you're so right. Uh, no, you know when they were tapping out? Here it is. When he was supposed, uh, when McMahon gave him the ultimatum, once you lose, you, you get to retire, and then that's when he had the last match against Shawn Michaels. He went on that little winning streak. He was tapping everyone yeah. out on SmackDown and shit.
0: Yes, you're right. Yeah, 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 you're right. It's Yeah, that was yeah, that was okay. So, yeah, but it, it took him until he was 56 to work out how to use the fucking move from him.
1: Yeah, oh, well, you live and learn. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but also, um, I love the um, the fact that s- s- in storyline, right. when it's turned over, the pressure is
1: reversed onto Ric Flair, which is obviously complete bullshit. Okay, no, here we go. Here's a Mythbuster oh, really? for you, my friend. Speaking of finishing moves that you slap on your friends, here's another one we used to do. But this one, you'd have to let, the person would let you, obviously. So as kids, yeah. when you first saw it, you're like, oh, that's cool, let's try it. Okay, yeah, you try it on me, then I'll try it on you. So you, if you apply it correctly and you... Which way is it? You push. So the, the heel that's facing your face when you're applying it, if you lift that yeah. leg up, that's how you apply the pressure and it kills the fuck out of your shin. So that's how it hurts. Yes. So it really does hurt if you apply it correctly. So that's why sometimes oh, no. you, you, you
0: yeah no I believe that but when they, when they switch it when the person rolls it over 180 degrees so they're on their
1: stomach yes because it's the opposite now because the person who's on the stomach is in control who's receiving it because now they have the pressure on your shin so it does actually happen ah. so it's all about the, the body weight now being like force of gravity obviously not to get too te- technical but yeah so all your weight is sitting now on <laughs> that person's leg so it does actually happen it is true yeah gravity
0: um, the concept of gravity isn't too technical by the way
1: <laughs> well i don't <laughs> I know well you you might have some of my listeners listening so that's more for them <laughs> <laughs>
0: well they're all stoned aren't they if they're canadian
1: exactly uh, see <laughs> um
0: so fair enough i i always thought that that was complete bollocks that um that switching it over would reverse the pressure but um if it's true that's awesome and um, yeah but yeah rick flair i mean any excuse to get rick flair into a list because he's one of my favorites of all time i know he's, yeah. uh, he's not one of yours is he i remember talking to, about this with
1: you yeah i give him honorable mention because again to me if he would be like he's not my top five but i understand if he's in someone's top five you know what i mean he's just not my because he doesn't have the overall package to me he was ne- he was good in ring but in ring performer not in ring wrestler if that makes sense
0: right this is something you might be able to relate to because i know you're a big hip-hop head as well all right um there's a guy i work with who's a hip-hop dj and okay. a really good one and he doesn't know the first thing about wrestling but he knows about rick flair because he's just referenced in so much hip-hop right and they just like that name just becomes synonymous with him because of all the hip-hop he likes um, and the lyrics he's heard and stuff he knows like so much about rick flair just from listening to rap music it's amazing
1: isn't that crazy If you think about it And of all people yeah. Rick Ric Flair Well I guess it does make sense Because he was the originator Of the whole as, they, as the young kids say it With the bling And the diamonds And everything He's pretty much started it Back in the day So if anyone's ripping off anyone It's true Everyone's ripping off Fucking the nature boy Yeah absolutely That's crazy Yeah Wow Cool nice one uh dj fade by the way if um, anyone's interested is who i work with he's a hip-hop dj he's very good there you and go shout out what's to your DJ fade. number two steve my number two again sticking with the theme of uh, applying this onto people i was again yeah i was probably around that time era maybe i was a little bit older now maybe transitioning 14 15 so already in high school and shit but my number two i believe only one person now is currently doing it but this person brought it to light, and I think it was done once before. But this was back in the '60s or something, so no one really cares about that wrestling. Black and white wrestling to me <laughs> doesn't count. So my number two, without further ado, is the mandible claw from mankind.
0: Ah, nice. That's a good shout. Actually, I hadn't even thought about this one. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. No, that's a great one. And so I didn't. I didn't know someone had done it before mankind either. So someone did do it in. Like the early
1: days. I they? think so. It was one of those moves. If, if I'm not mistaken, maybe I'm mistaking it for the claw. But I know someone did something similar where they put their fingers down their throat or something to make them tap. So maybe not the same way where they put it underneath the tongue like Mankind. But I guess sort of similar.
0: So the, um, so the thinking behind Mankind's mandible claw is that his two middle fingers go under the tongue, don't they? And hit a pressure point along with the thumb being on the jaw exactly and um basically knock your opponent out is the idea yeah um, and then obviously mr soko was incorporated into that how did you feel about
1: that? that i'm not talking about mr Socko. mr Socko does not exist in my time frame <laughs> mr Socko is not welcome here i don't i don't mind comedic mick foley but i don't like comedic mankind they should have left mankind alone as that disturbed individual and then just transitioned the mick foley into the bumbling idiot that was the Mankind slash referee slash Vince's ass kisser. I, I really did not like that Mankind at all.
0: No, so basically Mankind in a shirt and tie you don't like? Nope. No thank you. Yeah, cool. No, I, I, I do agree with you. I know what you mean. Um, and also, like the, the once you, surely once the sock is on your hand, it's not possible to apply the mandible claw correctly because your two outer fingers can't... Separate enough If there's a sock On your
1: hand right Well wasn't the idea Of the whole sock thing It was supposed to Make them gross out Because of the smell And just pass out Because of the smell It's not really The pressure point now anymore Because it was literally A sock he used to wear
0: Right okay Yeah that makes sense That does sound like The sort of thing They come up with as well Yeah exactly This this was the Rikishi era And (laughs) um, uh, Droz uh, Before Droz was Droz He was going to be Puke If you remember Yep Um, Just throw it up on people
1: yeah exactly oh, um, speaking of rikishi here's yeah. a little uh, tidbit i read the other day i don't know if you, you were familiar with this apparently so the whole rikishi gimmick obviously people know it was sort of based around the yokozuna gimmick especially because of the way they were sortly dressed when they in their, yeah. in their in-ring attire but yokozuna would still wear the tights underneath so it wouldn't see his ass cheeks apparently vince mcmahon wanted him to be like rikishi and sh- show his ass 24 7 and R- yokozuna always said no yeah that's fair
0: enough um Interested, little fact about it, it's not that interesting. Um, Yokozuna, um, I live in a little town in England called Cheltenham. Okay. That's where I am right now. And Yokozuna's last ever match was in Cheltenham.
1: Oh, look at that.
0: Yeah, so he was touring, in, like, just doing independent wrestling. He wrestled in Cheltenham Town Hall. He then, um, I believe, travelled to Leeds the next day, where mm-hmm. he was supposed to have a match, but died before the match happened.
1: Oh, wow. So. Why are you still living there? Don't you think there's something in the water or food or something?
0: Uh, so, y- Yokozuna has died here. Um, I, th- I think that one death is not enough to make me
1: move. Well, Yokozuna was a pretty big man. So, if something could take down Yokozuna, wh- what could take you down?
0: Yeah, much less than it took down the Yokozuna. That's true. If it can, <laughs> yeah, if it could take care of Yokozuna. Kazudo, it's going to take care of me um I, have you ever heard of the west family uh, <laughs> around here are you into true crime at all
1: no not really
0: not my thing no, there's there's a couple called fred and rose west that are from okay. the town just over from here right who um any british listener listening they are uh, some of the most notorious serial killers of all time oh shit so that's um that's pretty cool um so uh yeah that's a good choice um, so my, what are we on? My number two. You're well, number X, you two.
1: Yep. My number three. Yep. 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 We had the same number. Nice. Four.
0: Um, my number two, not for the move so much as who did it and who applied it. Right. Okay. Well, like, like your, like your mandible claw, you know, it's the, um, it's not so much the move as the psychology behind the move. Right. Um, I'm going with the ankle lock.
1: Oh, I'm not a fan. Are you not? no so here's where we have an argument
0: okay so let me put my argument forward to you first please go ahead so we remember ken shamrock doing it that was my first exposure to the move um didn't care too much about it but it's the kurt angles use of the ankle lock that has made me love it kurt angle um honestly i genuinely think it's my favorite thing one of my top three favorite things in wrestling is watching old Kurt Angle matches and watching him pick a fucking ankle from any angle. No right. pun intended. He would, no matter whether he was being lifted or no matter what move was being put on him, he'd find a way to grab that ankle and just counter it immediately. That's awesome. Just every time he grabbed that ankle, the crowd would pop and it would always come out of nowhere. Love that. That's enough to have it on this list. But also the addition of when he used to do that added sort of hooking it in, so he'd have the ankle lock on. And then he would wrap his leg around their leg and fall to the floor. Yes, And he would do that in a way where every time he did that, you would go, oh, fuck, it's over. Like, that's it. No one is getting out of that. That's the end. Uh, And I think having being able to put that over in fake fighting is incredible.
1: Okay, that part I agree with. When he would grapevine the other leg and there was no way of the opponent... Squirmishing or moving around to get an escape, but again, coming from my side of the MMA genre, if you're just holding on, guys, why doesn't the guy turn around? Why doesn't the guy pick his pick angles, ankle? There's so many ways of escaping that finishing move. That's why I don't like it.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Do you remember the um, Angle Benoit match from Royal Rumble 2003? Slightly. There was well, there was a lot of. uh, Like your criticisms of the ankle lock were addressed in that match, I think. I think Benoit attempted to counter it exactly the way you just said. You know, he was uh, he was doing what a real person would do if they're in that situation. And you know know, what? Spinning round.
1: And maybe that's why it's uh, subconsciously I don't like it. Maybe it was was because of that match. To think about it now because I did not mind it when Ken Shamrock used to do it. Cause again, he used to be UFC. I hate it. I hate Jack swaggers cause he's too tall and it looks like the guy's yeah. just dangling like a pinata, no pun intended. Cause he's in neutral <laughs> underground, but, uh, yeah, I guess out of all of them, Kurt Angle does have the best one. Like I said, when he drops down with the grapevine, yes, for sure.
0: I think so. And I, just, I just love the way he just finds the ankle, you know, from any angle, just, just slides in and gets it. It's great. And, I know the move is really simple and yeah, not anything special, but it's it's all about the storytelling for me with that one.
1: But you know what? Now that he's older and he's still making his so-called appearances every so often, great move to have because now he doesn't even need to use the angle slam and pick anyone up and do more damage to his neck. He just goes in well, there. this is it. Slaps the ankle yeah, lock no, and then that's it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: no bumping needed with the ankle lock, is there?
1: You got it. So um, are we at your main event? We are at my main event, but... Because I'm sort of your co-host this week. I'm going to cheat. I don't have two number ones, but I want to address what are not my number ones. Because right now, being Canadian, people are thinking, oh, it's either going to be the Sharpshooter or the Walls of Jericho. I'm I'm sure that's what you're thinking as well. Am I wrong?
0: Uh, It it had kind of crossed my
1: mind. Well, neither of them are my number one. But I have to give a shout-out to the Sharpshooter. But I like Owen Hart's rendition the best. Because the way he sits down, looks like he's literally... Popping a squad in the woods because he has his, <laughs> his ankles out, his knees bent over, and his knees are higher than the actual person behind. And to me, that, that just looks more realistic. And I like more the lion tamer than the Walter Jericho when he puts his knee in the back of his head and he arches all the way back. Because anything else is yes. just a Boston crab. And to me, the Boston crab is just a Boston crab, right?
0: Yeah, no, totally agree. And um, just before you move on, I will, sure. about the sharpshooter and stuff. I will say um, for any listeners, Steve is a Canadian fat man but not a massive Bret Hart fan, which is um, perplexing
1: to me. Yeah, I'm more of a Hart Foundation fan as a whole, because, again, I I hate the whiners. Like, now, you know who I could compare Bret Hart to, but in real life, I guess, mm. what's going on with Austin Aries and all his bullshit and his whining and what even now is going on with Jim Cornette and everything that's happened in the past with him, he's coming off as the big crybaby and even though I know it was storyline, but some of that with Bret Hart was true because obviously you saw it after in, what was it? Shadows of Wrestling or Wrestling with Shadows, whatever Wrestling that Wrestling with Shadows. There you yeah, go. Yeah. You saw it in that. He was a fucking bitter man. He fucking... <laughs> yeah. If he could, speaking of pissing, if he could piss on Vince McMahon, he probably would have. Yeah, absolutely. So to me, I'm, I'm not a fan of that bitterness and that's why I never liked Austin Aries. That's why I towards the end I didn't like CM Punk as well I don't like that like I know you're talented I know you're this and that just shut up there's so many other people out there you're so easily replaced it's not that era where one man means it all so that's why I didn't like the whole Bret Hart thing uh, but again the Hart Foundation I loved it because I'm a faction guy and now there was a Canadian faction and he got they got cheered here in Canada and everywhere else in the world but got booed in the States and that was fucking awesome
0: was well, awesome it's, it's so cool that literally like the ah um... oh. God, the In Your House, um, Canadian Stampede. Canadian Stampede, um, yes. With, with the five on five main yep, event. Yep. I could just watch each Heart Foundation member. They all came out separately, their entrances, if you remember. Yep. And just the pops each of them were getting in Canada was insane. I could just watch that over and over again. I
1: love it. Well, it's so crazy. Like, I even had this talk with uh, Brian Pillman Jr. about it, how he's carrying on the legacy where he's sort of an adopted Heart just because of his lineage, right? and the way he feels about it he's like yeah this is a fucking legacy like what we're doing is something that no one else could do because of how we're related and this this and that and the way he just went off and how Davey Boy Smith is his like his big brother now and this and to know that that's out there still and it's even though it's on MLW TV it's still somewhere and it's still continuing it's it's fucking crazy
0: yeah totally I'm so angry you got Brian Pillman Jr you had to bring him up again didn't you (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's why I did it. I did it on purpose. A little, <laughs> a little jab to to the. Is height. he a nice dude? How was he? So laid back, so down to earth. Like he could have been such a prick so many times, and just even leading up to the interview itself. Like it's not like he was big timing me or anything. It's really down to earth, cool kid, man. He, if 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 he goes on the straight path, like I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but I went back and saw a bit of his matches on MLW before I interviewed him and yeah. I, I even told him, wasn't fucking uh sucking ass or licking his balls or anything but the kid has fucking natural talent like he has like randy orton natural talent you know what i mean it's scary how he already knows what he's doing and he's been doing it less than a year so you're gonna That's see awesome. him i guarantee you know what? i'll go out on a limb two three years he's in the nxt how about that okay nice yeah uh, we'll, we'll remember that
0: and we'll um we'll revisit it then but yes you I mean, I'm a huge Pillman fan I'm not super familiar with Brian Pillman Jr's son's work to be honest with you right I, I obviously know he's on the scene and he's Brian Pillman's son right um but yeah but just from the fact that he's carrying on the legacy of Brian Pillman is enough for me but I'm very excited to watch his matches and um is he working with has he done some stuff with New Japan I think he has has not he
1: um, I think he's looking to crack in the market in, in Japan. I know he was just up here in Canada recently. I don't know what he was doing here. I'm assuming it was probably some independent show. But he's he, when he talked to me, at least, he was saying that he was, it was mostly based in the States where he's working right now.
0: Okay. As I remember hearing a story. Um, funnily enough, I was listening to um, Eric Bischoff's podcast. Oh, there you go. And um, he talked about Brian Pillman Jr. because he met him at All In.
1: Oh, okay. Right. And so Pillman Jr. was at All In. And Bischoff met
0: him and said, oh, nice to meet you. Um, so are you on the card? And um, Bischoff said that Pillman Jr. said to him, no, not on the card. Just, I'm just here to help in any way I can because I know I'm still green and this is the only way I'll look. Right. And Eric Bischoff said, that to me tells me that he's going to be a success. Just mm-hmm. that attitude is
1: everything you want as a booker from your wrestlers. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I know. Which... The, which is awesome the one thing I would describe him if it makes sense he's the most cockiest humble person I've ever met in my life <laughs> so and, and in wrestling that's going to take him very far yeah absolutely that's great no we wish him all the best and um,
0: and yeah you'll be able to hook us up won't you Steve you can get Pillman Jr. on um, Got Till 5
1: we'll see what we can do for you my friend
0: non-committal <laughs> <Long> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cool.
1: Um, so, um, sorry, we got distracted. Your uh, your number one, mate. So, my number one, without further ado. He used it in WCW a few times. I don't think it was officially his finishing move. But when I saw it, I was just in awe because to me, it was a combination of two or three finishing moves, if you actually think about it. And this submission move comes from the man with a thousand moves, Dean Malenko, the Texas uh-huh. Cloverleaf
0: very good i so nearly put this in d malenko is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time and i so nearly put this move in but i didn't but i do love
1: it i love it the first time i saw like i said it was like what's he doing he's doing a figure four with his arms and then he's crossing and now he's sitting oh and it's a boston crab so it's sort of like a chicken wing on his leg slash figure four slash boston crab all in one and it's like oh this is fantastic i love these type of moves
0: Yeah, it's awesome. It's just such a, yeah, so cool. And again, one of those moves that you just don't see that much nowadays.
1: You don't. I think Sheamus pulls it out every once in a while just because, I guess, the Cloverleaf Association. But other than that, it's true you don't. And I I believe, again, going back to the first time I saw it, I think I saw Dean Malenko do a powerbomb, not let go and transition into it. And that's why it looked so sick to me.
0: Ah, oh, that's awesome! Dean Malenko's power bombs, by the way, are vicious. One of my favorite things, yeah, yes. um, especially to people like
1: Rey Mysterio in yes.
0: and stuff. Like he would just snatch them out of the air because he's sick of their flippy shit.
1: Exactly. I think my favorite one was actually on Disco Inferno because he bounced his head after <laughs> I mean, the seeing mat. Disco Inferno in pain is good to me. It is, it is. <laughs> so that's my number one, and I know you're a big Dean Malenko fan. That's why I was sort of not wanting it, but I'm like, I can't. This is my my favorite, even if it's a crossover. I don't care. I have to put it on because I guess it was just that was one of the first finishing moves I saw. Was like, yeah, I like I like finishing moves. I yeah, mean, it's a submission moves. Sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, yeah, and like you said, I've never really. I mean, I've always loved the move, but until you just said it, I've never really thought about it in the terms you just laid it out of the. The combinations right. of what he's actually doing, do yeah, you know
1: what I mean? Exactly. That's again. That's why, I, I, and that, that's exactly how you said it. It's combinations. It's all about combos. Yeah. Like w- w- now, this is going to take a route of the podcast, so the listeners will sort of know what I usually talk about. But it's like when you go down on a girl, you don't use your tongue. Sometimes <laughs> you use your thumb, you use your knuckle, you s- you sneak your nose in there a little bit, you thrust, you lick, <laughs> you swirl. It's a combination of things that makes it better. Now, imagine if you were just there licking up and down the whole time. That's no fun for nobody you do know exactly you need the combination
0: and uh, yeah it's funny like using like you say about sneaking your nose in there and stuff you know <coughs> um, on the sort of uh, more sensitive areas and i was explaining to a friend about that and explained uh, explaining that technique and he asked me what it was called and i said oh fuck nose
1: i don't know pink nosing instead of brown nosing uh
0: yeah pink nosing i like yeah we could go with pink nosing i guess uh, uh, so we should um So we should credit D. Malenko with um, our oral skills, right?
1: There you go, because he taught me that there is such thing as a combination. Because even back then, this is even see now it's really going to show how old I am. When I first started going to McDonald's, there was no such thing as combos or mid-combos or whatever the fuck they call it. If you wanted something, you have to buy everything individually. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. He made the hey, world this is a this is a recent thing over here. I'm sure you've had it forever, but um, in McDonald's,
0: you can now you don't have to speak to anyone. You can just use the touch screens in there and order what you
1: want. I love it. I love it because right? I hate people. So to me, it's the best thing ever.
0: I agree. I hate people, and I can now I don't have to look anyone in the eye when I order
1: like three burgers for myself. That's so right. So
0: there's no shame there.
1: I never thought of that. Or you get some kind of weird topping on it, dressed differently, or you take something out and add something in. No one's judging you.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to get those judgy looks. You're just pressing the machine and then you just collect a brown bag from someone you never have to look at again.
1: That's fantastic. I know. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing for the human race, but as of right now, I think it's a good thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're all going to die young, but we're going to be very happy. (laughs) Hey, there's no price on happiness, my friend.
0: Exactly that. Yeah, that, uh, three burgers maybe is the price of happiness. Um, so uh,
1: so we're up to my number one. you number one, now. without further ado. And without further ado.
0: Um, it's Canadian related, so you'll okay. be happy. Okay. Um, it's death related, so you might be sad. And it's a nice segue um, from your number one, because Dean Malenko gave this man this finisher. It was one of his moves. Right. It is the crippler crossface.
1: Yes, I enjoy this move too. It is, out of all the Canadian moves, you know what? That's probably one of my favorites. I think that's better than the Lion Tamer and Sharpshooter. Yep, that's a good pick, my friend.
0: It's great. So, obviously, we've got the Yes Lock nowadays, which is a kind of modified version. I don't of, like it. From um,
1: the Crossface. Yeah.
0: Uh, which uh, is the same, but he kind of um, he reverses the arm in a different way, doesn't he, when he hooks it with his legs?
1: And it doesn't look as aggressive as Benoit's.
0: No, you're right. And we know what an aggressive man he can be. So, (laughs) um, Dean Dean Malenko gave this move to Benoit. Did you know that? That
1: I was not aware of. That's crazy. But I do know he did give a lot of finishing moves to a lot of different wrestlers. That I am aware of.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, this is talked about on the Hard Knocks Chris Benoit WWE DVD, which... Is obviously not available anymore, but it's, um, I I think it's one of the best documentaries WWE ever made. The Chris Benoit documentary is really, really good. Oh, wow. And um, in it, he talks about um, Dee Malenko first showing, sort of Benoit saying, I need to finish a a submission. And um, yeah, Malenko just showed him that, just busted it out. And uh, that's how many moves Dee Malenko just has in his back pocket, you know? He's like, Yeah, have it. I don't give a shit.
1: Yeah, no, kidding.
0: Uh, I'm talking about the ankle lock. I was saying how you can pick it from any angle. That's what I loved about Benoit with the crossface as well. Like You can grab the arm from the right side, from the left side. You can grab someone as they're coming off the top rope. You can grab someone if they're coming up from under you. There's just... All someone has to do is throw a punch at Benoit and he's hooked your arm and you're in the fucking crossface. And it was awesome.
1: Yeah. No, that is true. It's sort of like the RKO of, of submission moves.
0: Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, just grab it out of nowhere. And my favorite, I'm sure we've talked about this before on your show or when you've been on ours, that despite what happened, Benoit in the ring is one of my, you know, is my favorite wrestler and was, has been since I was a little kid. And It's very difficult to stop loving someone's performance that much, even when they do something as terrible as they did, you know what I mean? It's that's true. That's me anyway.
1: Well, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm still on the fence. Even some guests. We always have these conversations because in every industry, there's always that one guy who's blackballed or a girl who's blackballed. And can you separate the performer from what they did in real life? And now, if you want to enjoy their art just as an art and not, I guess, hype up the person, if that's, I guess, a fair way of saying it, then sure, no problem. But now, if you can't uh, separate the two, then no, don't support them because now you're... Putting money in their estate and their pocket, and they're still benefiting, even though they're a fucking horrible person. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But, but my I my think favorite, like the estate of Benoit, is not a bad thing to put money into. So, because it's like it's an innocent family that's been left behind. Yes, you know what I mean? in that case, it's different because, as everyone knows, he has a son, and I believe he's sort of dabbling in the business as well. He might be still a little too young, but he said he might take a crack at wrestling soon. Cause I know he's been at shows. I've seen pictures uh, floating around of him backstage at a few WWE events. So I don't know if he's actually going to yeah. go forward with it, but yeah, in that yeah, case, Benoit, his name is. yeah, in that case, yes, for sure. Kid lost fucking his dad, his brother, everything. So you know what He yes, support the guy out. But my favorite Benoit actually, you know what At the, at this point, he was probably my favorite WCW wrestler was when he was part of the four horsemen
0: yeah i loved that four horsemen um version with, yes um, with
1: mongo, Steve mongo and yes. Michael. Yeah, 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 that was, you know what people might laugh and say that was probably the cheesiest one but that was my favorite iteration of the four horsemen mongo
0: overachieved as a professional wrestler
1: oh he was horrible but he was great yeah exactly
0: <laughs> he was much more entertaining than he had the right to be
1: wasn't he and i think he was even a worse fucking uh uh color commentary commentator he, he sucked horse shit, man Oh god, with that stupid little dog. Oh that's right. I do not even think of that. That makes it even worse. <laughs> Fuck yeah, sakes. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, so Bedwat
0: but with the Cripple Across Face. Um, yeah. my favourite memory of the Cripple Across Face is when he made Triple it. H tap out at WrestleMania twenty to win his world heavyweight title. Yeah, that was a good one. And it's just the way so he he throws Sean over the top rope. Mm-hmm. Um uh triple h standing behind him this is in the era where triple h wins fucking everything all the time yep Um, benoit turns around triple h kicks him in the stomach sets up for the pedigree they even go that extra step by triple h starts to jump like he bends his knees and he's almost mid-jump before benoit at the last second switches out into a crossface and Triple H is in the crossface. The crowd are going insane, mm-hmm. desperate for Triple H to tap. Triple H is so close to the ropes. Then he tries to roll through, but they roll through the whole way and end up slap banging the center of the ring with Chris Benoit still having Triple H in the crossface. Mm-hmm. And just it's so that roll, you hear the crowd go dead for a second because they think, oh fuck, Triple H counted it. Yeah. But no, roll through, still in the crossface, and the crowd immediately go mental again. And it's just. Like I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about it. It's one of my favorite moments in professional wrestling. I think it's
1: incredible. No, that was incredible. It's true because again, we were all conditioned to think that Triple H was going to win yet again. So that's why that's what made it extra special.
0: Yeah, exactly. And they played into it so well. It was just yeah, uh, great move. Shame about the dude. Um, but yeah. Daniel Daniel Bryan is kind of sort of cheekily still nodding to him. You know, he does a fine headbutt as well. He there's a lot of stuff there that. I'm surprised he gets away with
1: Yeah, but you know what, again I think we're so far from the event That today's generation who watches it Doesn't associate it with Benoit anymore
0: Yeah, no, I suppose you're right, and right? And Even pe- I think about him less
1: and less when I Well, it's before. true, and even people like us Who do remember him, we don't care Because we know where it came from and whatever And we want to see more of it because we could separate The, again, the art from the person, right?
0: Yeah, exactly
1: Cool Cool, so on that merry note, um, that is our top fives. Um, Steve, you nailed it, mate. Did I? Are you sure? Uh, no, I've changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you want Max back after all, though. <laughs> no, mate, you no, you were
0: fantastic, and uh, you've, you've given Max a run for his money, and if I was him, I would be shaking in my um, broken collarboned boots.
1: He should be. I, I, well, it's hard, it's it's hard to go after me. Like you know, what I mean, that's why I'm I'm never the curtain jerker. I'm usually the main event.
0: Well, there you go. See, that, that's what this <laughs> is. And I feel like we could do some sort of bait and switch here, where we both turn heel on Max and kick him out, sort of kick him out of the faction, so to speak.
1: We should we should do one of those. We should do the outsiders and kicking out Hulk Hogan.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, that'd be good. Or. Um, like when evolution booted out randy Orton or something
1: oh yeah we're all smiling and then all of a sudden you give me the thumbs down and boom
0: exactly yeah that'd be <laughs> awesome i'd be happy with that
1: sounds good to S- me man <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so
0: max if you're listening um get well soon mate um, of course yes as you can see as i said at the start of the show we don't need you and um steve thank you so much really appreciate this and
1: where can people find you tell us your socials plug yourself well first obviously i want to thank you for allowing me to sit in the co-host chair because i'm sure you could have asked anyone else as well and thank you and anytime you guys need me i'm always here like i said it's just a a phone call away as they say but to find me you were
0: were top of the list
1: mate thanks but to me for not to me to find me you can find me on twitter under finger styles and instagram finger styles if you want to follow the podcast it's on twitter the podcast app And that's about it. But if you want to help and support the cause, I have a merch store. Go to wehavemerch.com. Search for the podcast and you will find that I have mugs, women's tees and men's tees. Only black and white because I'm NWO black and white. That's it. No red. That was the fake NWO. So I only go black and white. And that's where you can support me and obviously listen to the show every week. It's the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud and I'm a proud member of the Pod Bros Network.
0: There you go. And It is a fantastic podcast. Anyone who listens to us for some reason hasn't got round to listening to that podcast with Steve needs to do it. Um, So yeah, thanks again, Steve. And um, good luck editing. Thanks for that as well. Um, As we said at the start of the show, Steve isn't only co-hosting this, he's editing it. And basically making it all sound lovely, which is all the stuff Max normally does that I wouldn't have a clue how to do because
1: I'm the talent. Well, to but put it to put it in perspective, it's not really me. I have a sort of like a team that I say that will do it for me. But I'll, I'll take the credit since no one knows who they are.
0: You're absolutely, yes, exactly. Well, um, yeah, you can take all the credit, but thank you to those lackeys as well. We appreciate
1: Actually, hold on. Since I am the co-host, since I do listen to the show every week as well, I've always wanted to do this. So, Jesse… Where can people find you? <laughs> gotto5.com! There you go! <laughs> there you go. Was that was that a nice moment for you? It was. It was. Thank you. Now Great I could boat. die in peace. Well, thank you. I'm, uh, thanks for setting me up
0: for that because I would have forgotten to do all that. <laughs> so, yeah, gotto5.com is where you can find us. There's Twitter. There's loads of other shit that Max has sorted out. You can find it. Uh, But yeah, so uh, next week, hopefully, we'll be doing a show because this is to make up for missing last week. So even though we normally do it every two weeks, doing it next week will put us back on track. So um, I will be back next week with Max post-surgery. And um, Steve, thanks again. Is there any parting
1: words you would like to give the Got Till 5 Milky Way universe? Well, first, we have to honestly plug that in a couple of weeks, you can listen to all three of us reviewing or talking about survivor series weekend on the podcast so stay tuned for that and i don't know just it's true if you don't use it it will fall off so use it as many times (laughs) as you can (laughs) and those
0: um quite aptly and rightly are steve's parting words steve thanks again thanks everyone for listening max get well soon mate speak to you next week love you all bye have until the count of five
1: i happen to love the number five it's a beautiful number a glorious number you got to the count of five